welcome to Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully you'll experience one by the end of this. On this podcast, I selfishly get to talk to all the people I've always wanted to talk to. And for some reason, they let me ask whatever I want. It's truly a pick-me-up for me to record. I hope it's a pick-me-up for you to listen to. Speaking of people I love to talk to, I'm joined, as always, by my producers, it's via Baron Reinstein and Adam Howard. Okay, podcast gals. Joining us this week, we have actor, producer, author, general icon, Stanley Tucci. He kept us all entertained at the beginning of the COVID lockdown with his Instagram cocktail tutorials. If you had to do a cocktail tutorial, what would be the signature drink that you taught? Wow. I'm really excited for today because I loved those videos of his. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure he did a video for a Paloma, but that's what I would do because I made those all summer. You did? I did a little. You just spent your summer just wasted. That's just what I did. Yeah, grapefruit juice. Rentals on hiatus. Who knows what we'll get into. <laughs> it's grapefruit juice, right? It's grapefruit juice, tequila, or mezcal tequila. if you're feeling a little fancy, a yep. little club soda, a little lime, and really oh. any drink with limes. That's kind of it's kind of my party trick. I'm really That's good at cutting limes. <laughs> really good at cutting limes. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I learned that in my first job as a PA because working in TV is not glamorous. And but and there's a lot of drinking. Just was cutting limes all day. <laughs> Just cutting limes. Yeah. And making cocktails. Yes. Okay. You did make a lot of cocktails when you first started working in this business. <laughs> you did? And not just at my show. <laughs> no, rarely at your show. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. I don't have any cocktail <laughs> recipes. <laughs> my cocktail is opening a bottle of Topo Chico and enjoying exactly one third of it and then letting it get warm. Okay. Adam, what's your, what's your signature? Warm Topo Chico could be a signature drink. Of I guess. Frontal. An unfinished Topo Chico. Just with lipstick around the rim. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Adam, what's your drink? Um, this is uh, pretty basic, but I I love old fashions. I'm like an old fashioned oh. guy. So, um, that's why loves I those. Yeah, that's kind of what I order whenever I go to a bar. I took a one of those like classes once with my wife where they teach you how to do stuff, but you're okay. like drinking while you're doing it. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, making drinks, <laughs> mixing <laughs> cocktails. I'm, more, I'm still drunk from that experience, but no, mm-hmm. I just remember they like you tasted them while you were doing it, and I retained okay. very little. But the old fashions was like the one thing I have some memory of how to do because they taught us Manhattans and Sazeracs and okay. stuff too. But but sorry, is the is the old fashioned the one with bourbon in it, or do yeah, you get? Yeah, it I is bourbon. It's bourbon. Yeah. I like all you the love- unhealthy alcohol. <laughs> bourbon you love the brown bourbon yep. Yep. stuff every time we go to a restaurant which is never anymore <laughs> like never although our 20 our 20th anniversary is this year so we might actually venture might forth. Go out for dinner we might go out for dinner <laughs> it, jason will get a, a an old-fashioned and he'll nice. be like i think you're gonna really like this one and then i sniff it and i go is the car <laughs> leaking there's gasoline everywhere <laughs> all i can smell is gasoline for oh. the rest of the meal. So anyway, bourbon <laughs> is delicious, and I agree with you. Well, we're going to lose all of our bourbon sponsorships. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're going down the road of... name what they would have been. The lucrative bourbon. <laughs> uh, we've pissed off big bourbon. This is terrible. <laughs> is there such a thing? Ship, is I there mean, like in a, Kentucky. Right? In Kentucky. McConnell country. Yeah, that's okay. a super back big bourbon. <laughs> big bourbon. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And I'm sure they already hate me, so it's fine. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but we have Stanley Tucci coming up, so stay with us. Joining me today is the ever-charming Stanley Tucci. You know him from movies like The Devil Wears Prada, The Hunger Games, Spotlight, The Lovely Bones, Captain America, The First Avenger, and so many others, my God, which have garnered him numerous Golden Globes and Emmys while he's racked up Academy Award and Tony nominations. He is the author of multiple cookbooks, and his memoir, Taste, is out now. And when you're done with that, you can binge CNN's Stanley Tucci, Searching for Italy, which just won an Emmy and will make you absolutely ravenous. I know we can always use a little more Stanley Tucci in our lives, so please welcome to the show, Stanley Tucci. It's nice to see you. Oh my God, are we? I'm extra delirious. Why are you delirious? Well... What happened? What happened? Okay. 
long story. I, I went to the hour. <laughs> Let's this entire podcast is just about me and what I did last night. Hope that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I went to the opera last night. Oh, the opera. I went to the opera and it was like the first, it was the big opening oh. of the Met. And it was like a big deal. And right. I never, I haven't gone out in two years. <laughs> yeah. So delirious is a little bit of a, I'm just a little bit buzzy about it. And also I'm not used to walking around in heels. Do you know what I'm oh. saying? Yeah. This is it. Me, me either. Well, okay, let's talk. I'm ready to talk about you, sir. And thank Whatever you. Whatever so, you want to talk about. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for Jesus. coming on this podcast. Oh, my God. I was very excited when I saw that it was you. Really? I Yeah, come on. You're amazing. Okay. Well, I think you're amazing. And so I'm Thanks. very thrilled. Are you in are you in London now? Are you stateside now? No, I'm in London. You're in London. Okay. Yeah. Um it's a big deal for me to be talking to you. And I do, I'm going to have to take a minute and I actually do have to tell you why. And it's going to make you uncomfortable. I have to do it like a, just a, a bit of a gush, if that's okay. Yeah. Are you ready? No, I like, no, I like hair. I just have to tell you that like, you're just such a fixture in my life. And I mean, like, you know, as a, as a performer and as a producer, we've just loved your work. Like as a family, we all, oh, thank you. Big night was a movie that I feel like, united my entire family years and years like my dad made a timpano after it really just, oh yeah yes oh and my so gosh i gotta tell you when i read your memoir i was so excited to see a timpano i was so excited to see the story of timpano <laughs> yeah the true memoir. story of timpano the, yes the true true story mm. it meant a lot to me oh thanks so, thank you for Wait, your like so where where's your Family from your father likes to cook. I'm originally from Toronto, so my oh, you're dad. From Toronto. I'm oh, from yeah. Toronto, yeah. yeah. So my dad and my stepmom used to have. They used to do like gourmet club, you know, and they could like cook their way through. It's so 70s, 80s. Like, I love it. They were like, we're going to cook our way through the time life cookbooks. So we they would have these like. <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They would have like a you know like a sexy, it was probably a key party and I was just too young to know it, but, um, well, Toronto, yeah. Toronto, Toronto, you know, those Canadians shag carpets and, and time life, yes. <laughs> and shag. <Yeah. laughs> you know, they would like choose a region or choose. And then they would have these monthly parties where they cooked all the, like a, a selection of food from these time life cookbooks. And oh. somehow, when we all watched Big Night, it was such a great family movie. We all saw it. They were like, this Christmas, we're having Timbana. And it was like a big, <laughs> it was such a big deal. That's a, it's a massive undertaking. It's huge. <laughs> it's it's huge. ridiculous. It's like a drum. It's like a, just oh, a big yeah. drum of food. It's a drum, and some people would just consider it an albatross. Sure. But you know but what? Some people consider it a jewel. A jewel. A challenge, yeah. A family endeavor. You can fight yeah. about it all day, oh, and yeah. then in the end, you just cut a big wedge <laughs> of timpano, and everybody falls asleep. Yeah, immediately. Hope, yeah. If, if you survive, yeah. if you survive, yeah. Okay, I read taste. I thought it was great. Oh, thank you. I loved it. Thanks. Thanks. I love reading about food, and so like merging worlds. I loved reading about you. I think you're a great writer. And oh, thank you. I am a person who just like enjoys reading about people cooking and loving food. I talk about food all the time. I love you it. Do. Yes, do you, I do. Do you like to cook? Do you cook? I do. You do? I do. I do. Oh, wonderful. I like to cook. I love to bake. I like kitchen stuff and kitchen science. Yeah. So your book kind of merged a bunch of really yeah, 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 yeah. fantastic worlds. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any childhood memories that do not include food? <laughs> Yeah. Do not. <laughs> you mean not. the beatings? The beatings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. But it always comes back to that. Right. Because whatever it was you were doing. Right. You were either going to eat before it or after it. Right. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? So somehow it's always connected. I feel like your book is very much like it's pretty, it's pretty rollicking. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it? 
What do you mean, rollicking? Well, rollicking, like, it's like, it's really fun. I don't know. You're oh, fun. Good. You're rollicking, like, in a good yeah. way. Like, it's like, oh, it feels like, um, it feels like a busy dinner table to me. Like, there's oh, stuff going on, and you're thinking about food, and you're just, like, chit-chatting about this and that. Like, I definitely, um living in toronto grew up with a lot of italian friends who had like oh, huge yeah. italian families mm. and like i was an only child in a really kind of like presbyterian only child family so our dinners were so quiet and just like silverware on the plate <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know no. it was just like two people <laughs> go over to my like italian friends dinner tables and they were like all yelling at each other mm. and mm. everybody's eating and so i felt like reading the book was very much it was great in that it was, it was, oh, it felt like that. And it was good. very, yeah. But Toronto is really interesting. I love Toronto. Actually, if I were to move back to North America, that's where I would, really? that's where I would live. And I'm not saying that because, because I like you. I think it's an amazing city and it is, if I'm not mistaken, the mm-hmm. largest concentration of Italians outside of Italy is in Toronto. I think it's the number one, whereas uh, London is five or seven or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah. This makes sense to me. Yeah. It's like always lit. Like I always, I kind of like lived in the Italian pockets of town yeah. or there's many. Oh, there's many. Uh, there's a fellow uh, that I worked with there who's a camera operator, mm-hmm. you know, and his, the thing is there, he's probably about 20 some years younger than I am, but mm-hmm. his family came over after world war two, which is when most of the immigration happened to Canada from, mm-hmm. from Italy Therefore, there really are, I hate to say this, but they're really real Italians. Right. Do you know what I mean? They're not, it's not like five generations on or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, they're, they all, like, they speak Italian. You go to a restaurant, people are Italian. You know, it's like London is like that. And I think right. that's really a, it's, it's, it's really wonderful that you were able to just grow up with that. Yeah, our house was on a street and everybody around us grew their own grapes. <laughs> everybody love had it. these like I love it. Just like grapes. A couple of some people had chickens. There was yeah. like, you know, there would be like lamb roasting and it was it's a big deal and everybody oh, yeah. kind of like had mini farms in their backyard. <laughs> I love that. But that's yeah, yeah that's and that's what I wrote about totally. the book too. Is that that's what my grandparents did, but that's that generation. Mm-hmm. You know, a generation from now two generations from now, that's all going to disappear unless the young people keep it up. It's very, um, it's essential to keep it up. It's essential to keep it up. Don't you feel like that is refreshing? There's so many food magazines and foodies and they're young and they're like really just bringing such new flavors and interest and 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 Instagram is so lively with like the food culture is is strong and growing, I think. Yes. Yes, I agree. And it's, it's great mm-hmm. because you get all these, you know, think, who's the fella? He has a place in Toronto. Is it Maddie? Maddie? Yeah, Madison? I know who you mean. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Do you know who I mean? Yeah. He's this big guy. He's like tattooed, you know, all over. Mm-hmm. But he's really one of those guys who created a kind of food revolution. I think Anthony Bourdain in one of his shows, you know, went to see him and, and I had his cookbook and the guy is like, mm-hmm. that stuff is so interesting. It's a lot of really, it's stuff from right. his childhood, stuff from the restaurant he opened and stuff. But he's young. And I remember when I was in Toronto about four years ago, making a film, there's just this great restaurant around the corner from where I was staying. And okay. it was two young brothers who owned it. It was called Brothers. Mm-hmm. And it was like literally like one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. And you just walk in, it's just, it's tiny. You just sit at the bar and you'll have like amazing food, amazing food. And there's so many young people, as you say, are, are really gravitating towards it. It's a really good, it's thing. A good thing. It's a really good thing. Do you like, I'll, I'll stop talking about Toronto, but do you love Kensington Market? Do you like that? Have you been to that area? It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, it's a, just, as I said, it's just one of my favorite cities ever. Have you embraced the role of um, sexy bartender that the internet has thrust upon you? That's a very good choice of words, too. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. You, okay. I don't know. Well, Have I? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. People were very grateful to you. Yes, I know. People... I know. I, and I'm grateful <laughs> for the attention. <laughs> <laughs> What's your cocktail right now? What are you sipping these days? Do you get into a groove or do you mix it up? Yeah, sometimes. It depends upon the season. Like right now, suddenly it was sort of sunny a little bit today. And now it looks like rain, gray, windy. Okay. So it would really depend upon the weather. But lately, I like tequila. And I I never was a tequila drinker. But my brother-in-law and sister-in-law introduced me to it. And I like it. You can't have too much of it or you start or it's like a truth serum. Yes, sometimes yes. that's not good. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> sometimes you don't want that. No, you have to be careful. You do. Um, did you did you have to get the okay from your family to put some of the recipes in your book? Or is everybody just like, let's do this? No, they were fine. No, because those recipes existed in other cookbooks that we'd done. So Okay. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was okay. fine. How do you see the pandemic changing restaurant culture. Do you see a change? Do you think we're going to start appreciating our restaurant workers more now? I hope so. I mean, I hope so. We should have appreciated them anyway. Yes. I hope so. I think over here, you know, Brexit has the combination of Brexit and um, the pandemic has created this sort of terrible, perfect storm right? for restaurants and for restaurant workers. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a friend of mine who's a chef here who has this really wonderful Italian restaurant. And he said he can only operate at basically 60% capacity because he doesn't have the staff. Right. So he can't get the staff. Right, right, right. And part of that is the pandemic. And part of that is Brexit. So I don't know. I don't know what it's like in America because I haven't been there for so long. But I know that here... So many restaurants have closed and people are desperate to go out. When it's a sunny day, the pubs are just packed. Mm -hmm. So one hopes that they're appreciating the people who are serving them and also understanding that their local, as they call it here, just might disappear very soon. Right. Are there restaurants that have closed that are among your favorites? Yes, actually. Yes. Uh, there was a wonderful one. I, I wrote about it in, in the book, uh, the Leadbury mm. was a wonderful, wonderful restaurant, but he had to close it because of COVID. Oh. Do you find yourself trying to recreate things that you ate there? From never. Memory? Never. No, you're like the guy was like had two Michelin stars. That, oh, that's never okay. going to happen. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I'll just make pasta. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. He was. But he was brilliant. But we did actually go to a pub of his. Uh, a gastro pub that he has that is okay. a, a Michelin again, Michelin star, but nothing sort of rarefied and weird, right? Just sort of great, really great traditional British food. I also loved reading in your book about like Caridad, which is closed oh, now, which right is where I live basically. Oh, you do? I do. I on the oh. Upper West Side, and oh, the Upper yeah. West Side is featured so prominently in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I lived there for two decades or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. ridiculous. It was really sad when that restaurant closed. It's such a shame. It was such a cool place. It was such a cool place. I loved going there. I loved it. Yeah. Are there other places on the, like, were you a Hungarian pastry shop person? Or did you have other places that? No, I don't know that. I I mean, certainly I did know when I wrote about it, um, the Carnegie Deli. Oh, yes. Which disappeared years ago, which years is ago. so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But I love, I don't know, I just love all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I love all that old stuff, even if it isn't the greatest. It's still interesting. And yeah, it's dynamic. It's, it's convivial. It brings people together. Mm-hmm. And it's traditional. I mean, can you imagine... Um, What's the famous one on the Upper West Side where, uh, with the locks and the... Oh, Barney Greengrass. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Can God. you imagine that disappearing? No. <laughs> no. 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 Not allowed. No. Carnegie Deli was like, it was like just one of those places yeah. where if you were from, also if you're from out of town, you would just be like, okay, go to the Carnegie Deli and you'll have a, you'll actually have a New York experience 
what good or bad. Like yeah. you could, it's, it you could have be a New York experience just sitting in a chair. Yeah. <laughs> you really, I know yeah. authentically, like someone's going to be yelling at you. Yeah. It's really crowded. You're going to eat some too much of something and yeah, yeah. your waiter's going to be really mean to you. Incredibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really just like ignore you or just totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever own a restaurant again? Would you do that? I want to, mm-hmm. but my wife says no, um, <laughs> and and she's right. Okay, uh, it's an incredibly hard thing to do, and you know it's it's a very fickle. It's worse than show business, right? So no, if I, I think if I had my way, you just have to have sort of the funds, right? You know what I mean? You just go like, all right, I'm going to spend this amount of money every year to indulge this, you know fantasy of mine right uh and you're open like three days a week mm-hmm. nobody knows what they're gonna get mm. and you have a certain number of wines you can have some staples on the menu mm-hmm. and other than that it's all seasonal and it's really simple like brown paper on the tables mm-hmm. wooden chairs all mismatched and who knows where you're gonna get oh boy i want to eat at That'd your i want to eat at your supper club just a three day a week <laughs> Stanley Tucci Supper Club. Yeah, Come on, I would do it. You have like what twenty tables? Yeah, if that's it's it. mostly friends and family for sure. Like for sure, the best iteration yeah. of that is it's just a vanity project. You're like, I yeah. want to eat in this place. This is the exact place where I want to go every Friday and Saturday. Right. So just right. build this world around what you like around to eat. That. Yeah, and you could bring your kids and you could, yeah. you know, or you could have a romantic thing there or yeah. thing, but I mean, meal. And then, you know, be nice. Or a thing, have a thing. We don't or judge. Thing, yeah. We have your no thing. One watch. Past, past bowls, family style. It's yeah. like a family meal. Anyways, all right. Yeah. I'm just putting yeah. ideas in your head and I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. Let's talk a little bit about searching for Italy. Sure. Because it's clearly it's so personal it's so fun it's so joyous was that was it a passion project that you had been had you been planning to do that for a long time how did that i i wanted i wanted to do it for 13 years or more okay i think that it's not in a way trying to teach people sure it's just trying to show people what italy is the complexity of italy italy isn't just pizza pasta chicken Parmigiana, which actually doesn't even exist in Italy. It's this incredibly complex tapestry of regions that differ significantly one from the other because of topography, because of invasions, because of political strife, because of religion, so on and so forth. And it's not always sunny and it's not always happy and people aren't always hugging each other. (laughs) Uh, however, the thing that connects them is this passion for food. But that food is completely different from one region to the other. Right. And that's kind of what I wanted wanted to show. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so interesting, like the just contrasting it with kind of how we live here in a big city, like I'm in New York right now, and just how much rolled into your life, like preserving food. I think about that often. Like mm-hmm. how when I was growing up, everyone had like would get big bushels of tomatoes and it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like me now going to the farmer's market and going, I'm going to can this weekend. But it was just like, so <laughs> guess what, everyone? I read an article about canning and I'm basically a homesteader. Like <laughs> you, how just culturally there, like preserve, like preserving the freshness of the season, preserving the bounty, like capturing those flavors to use throughout the year is just so much a part of the routine. I really love it. I really love it. And I really want to go there. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Do you do it? A little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not part of a family routine. You know, it's not part of a generational family routine where we're like, well, it's late August. Let's get canning. Let's get cracking. Right. We got a one day per one, one or two days per week. Like you're coming over to my house and we're all doing this, like making tomatoes for the year. And we're just doing it as one. Do you do that? No, 
Okay. You're like, no, no I, I can't. No, I can't. I, you know. Busy. I, I don't have <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to do it. I, well, I'd like to do it when I retire. Mm-hmm. Well, don't do that. Which I'd like to do. You're not allowed. No. Tomorrow, but that's not going to happen. That's not permitted. But, no. <laughs> Sorry. But I do want to do that because that's what I saw. That's what I grew up with. And I, you know, I wrote yeah. about the book, obviously. And, you know, I think it is a wonderful thing. It is a, it's a thing that, that brings people together, brings families together. And, and I think it's really important. Then you're eating, you're eating the thing that you love, but you're eating your, 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 your experience. Right. You know, and you're eating it for months to come. Yeah. And then suddenly the weather changes and then there's a whole new thing to eat and yeah. a whole new experience around that. It's quite beautiful, but we've lost that seasonality and that cyclical mm-hmm. nature of, of life, which, which makes much more sense than we flatten things out. Right. I think. And I try to explain to my kids sometimes like why strawberries are hard, like <laughs> for 10 months of the year, <laughs> why they're hard and terrible. Yeah. And we should not be eating them. They're like, we love them when they're hard. Now they like the hard ones. They're like, ew, yeah. when we have, when they have fresh strawberries, like they're like, real strawberry. yeah. yeah, they're like, it's gross. Yeah. It's wet. That's yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a strawberry. Yeah. What does it for you these days? Is it like writing? Is it directing? Is it producing? Is it all of the above? Just starring in things? Oh no! Well, I think it's all of the above. I, you know, it's just always trying to find the right balance. And mm-hmm. You always go through periods where, excuse me, sort of nothing is happening. You know, you're like, right. what's going on? What am I doing? I'm. I need a job. I, have, I don't have a job, you know. But during that time, you write or you paint or you read or you do whatever you do to keep moving forward. And now I happen to be in a very busy time. And that's really exciting. But you kind of want to do it, kind of want to do it all. Right. Um, and I love I love acting. I, I just don't love waiting on set to act. Right. That's, that's to me what, after 40 years of doing it, you think, well, why am I waiting? I'm actually waiting 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually acting 10% of the time. That's boring. It's very interesting that you say that. Yeah, I agree. It's boring. It's boring. Having your hands in the mix is. Yeah. I wanted, so that's especially, for someone who likes to do a lot of things, I like to cook, mm-hmm. I like to write, I like to paint, mm-hmm. I like to direct, I want to be with my kids. So sitting on a movie set for 12 hours a day and not doing anything except for an hour or so, you're like, how can I better spend my time? Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. However, however, you know, there's there are reasons you do it, the role, mm-hmm. the money, the director, whatever. Sure. Sure. So I guess you, do you, what, what, how do you measure the projects that come your way? How do you, how do you decide which ones you're going to, I guess just the one that's the most fulfilling in the moment or how do you choose? Yes. But what, but what, it depends on what you need in that moment. Right. Sometimes you just need to make money. Right. So you go make money. Right. Sometimes you really think, Oh, I, I wish somebody would send me something. And then, it comes along, mm-hmm. you know, when you get roles like movies like Spotlight mm-hmm. that Tom McCarthy directed or this one that came out recently, Worth, which I did about two and a half years ago. Those are really beautiful, important, poignant movies. Mm-hmm. You don't make money on them, right? but you're not meant to make money on them. You're not supposed to make money on them. It doesn't matter. I, I said, I'll just do it for free. I don't, I don't even care right? because they're, they're beautiful right? and they're poignant and they're, they're, you know, their, their substance to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just depends. Sometimes it's like, Oh, I really want to work with that director or. Right. Right. So worth revisits the effort to win compensation for yeah. victims of nine 11. And you filmed that two. You filmed it two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. two and a half years ago. I want to say, yeah, just about two and a half. Yeah. Boy, it takes so long to film a movie and get it to completion. <laughs> Well, I think that was an interesting movie because I, I for some, we, we premiered at Sundance mm-hmm. 
I think the next, we shot it like in April and then we premiered the next January, if I'm not mistaken. And at Sundance and it was well received, but people weren't going crazy. Okay. And I think, I don't know if there was an issue with distribution or what, but luckily Netflix mm. bought it and it's been so successful. And then all these new reviews came out and it's just wonderful That's because great. I think she's an amazing filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Sarah Colangelo. I think she's just great. When you're in something like worth and then you are also, because you're, in addition to being an actor and writer and producer, you're also like Stanley Tucci now. Like people know you <laughs> or they know a version of you that's more you, you know, like it's like a heightened yeah. version of yourself, whatever, you know, it's, but it's, 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 it's closer to the actual person. Is that, how is that transition for you? People feel like they have more ownership over you as they get mm. to know you. Does, was that a was that strange for you or do you like you're like I don't no, care no, right no it's no it's weird it's weird because you know I made that cocktail video at the beginning of the first lockdown and that yeah. sort of precipitated this whole wave of interest mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I said to my wife I said I had no idea all I had to do is I've been trying to be other people for <laughs> 35 40 years all I had to do is be myself. Right. You know, you make one cocktail video and yeah. that, and it, it has changed my life significantly. But I think also, yes, I have been around a long time. I have made a lot of movies in different genres. And uh, I, you know, I guess my fans are from many different demographics. Mm-hmm. And that that's really kind of, it's kind of nice. It's weird because we're still sort of coming out of the pandemic. So I haven't traveled a lot. I haven't been, you know, to a lot of places, but I'm about to do that. And we'll, we'll see what, what the effect is now. Really? Are you travel? Are you going to do like just for get out of? No, you're working. I wish. Okay. I'm working. You're working. So I'm going to do three more episodes of searching for Italy, the (gasps) CNN show. Great. And then I'm going to do a, a movie in Boston and then, the beginning of the year, I'll do a movie in Rome, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to do five more episodes of the Italy thing. Oh, you're very busy. Mm-hmm. Are you getting rest? Are you resting up? No. No, not at all. You can't stock up on energy. No, no. When you're in a really busy period like that, how do you actually, how do you find solace? How do you center yourself? Exercise. Exercise. Are you a, Are you like a a smooth yoga doer? Like, are you a person who meditate exercises or are you a person who like punches a bag and, and shrieks? No, no, I don't do that. No, I do. I do Pilates and, and some, uh, yoga on a Saturday with our Pilates teacher. She does a a thing with us. Okay. Uh, and then I also do, you know, body weight and, and weights and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, we have a Peloton now. You do. Yes. Which I haven't really, I've used a little bit, but mm-hmm. not, I couldn't figure out the shoes. So I have to ask my wife how to do it. Um, I couldn't get them on. Right. Oh so, yes. Yeah. That's... So I need to do that. And, but to me, I've always exercised mm-hmm. ever since I was young. I, I think it's really, really important. It clears my mind. Mm hmm. And especially if you're cooking all the time and you're eating, you're doing a, a travel show about food and wine and all that stuff. If you don't exercise, oh yeah, no, that's that's just a terrible thing. That's a terrible, that's a terrible thing. <laughs> you really <Yeah>. have to. <laughs> it wasn't until the last page of your book that I realized your wife is also your book agent. Yeah, weird, right? That's cr- I, well. Listen, like I work with my husband all the time, so I get it. Yeah. And what is that experience? Your like husband for you? is so funny; I can't even stand it. Isn't he ridiculous? Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He has always got. He is always has an idea that is ten times funnier than mine. That would just alienate my audience completely, and I can't ever do really? it. <laughs> no. I mean, no, no. He's like he's no. so gifted. Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Very funny. And dark. And dark, very, which is good. Which yeah. is very, very good. Do you like, what is your working relationship like? Is that, is that, is it a smooth process? Uh, yeah, some, sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, it is, it's odd. I mean, as I wrote in the book, mm-hmm. I said, I want to thank my wife and 
book. Right. <laughs> right. I never thought I would write that sentence, you know. Right. Um, but she's extraordinary. Right. This is an incredibly smart, very calm, measured mm-hmm. person who also has the ability to be wonderfully spontaneous and awfully fun. Perfect combo. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's really amazing and she's she's taught me a great deal, though she's twenty years my junior. Oh my. She has um she's taught me a great a great deal. And she really helped me through the process of writing this book because I'd say, well, I don't know what more to write. I can't, I don't know, I, you know, I'm, it's too boring. I, what am I writing? I don't know. She goes, what about the story you told me about blah, blah, blah? What about this? What about that? I said, well, is that relevant? Is there any, is there any there there? And she said, of course, because you have to, you have to look at it in relation to so-and-so and it ties in with this. And I go, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Bye. And then I go and right. write it. Right. But she's able to obviously be objective but also she knows me. Right. Yeah, she knows me too well. She's helping draw it out. She's drawing yeah, she, yeah, it out. Yeah, she'll be suing me soon. Of course, of course. They all yeah. do eventually. Yeah, right? well, she was also trained as a lawyer. Oh, God. Mm, can <laughs> oh. you imagine? Oh, my goodness. This is a deadly mm. combination. <laughs> yeah. It's a nightmare. It's really, she's a nightmare. It- yeah. <laughs> It's so funny when you when you write a memoir, actually, because I, I imagine because you're because you are like, oh, this nobody cares about this. Nobody wants to know about this. This is not a story. And everyone around you is like, no, it's very interesting. I think people would yeah. be very interested in this. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. But the key thing is making sure that there's the connective tissue that brings everything together so that it isn't fragmented, but also that it has depth right and that it that that it really does have something to say that there isn't an overriding thing Mm -hmm. and that's what we look for in literature even in a painting right we want to make sure when we look at a painting that a good painting in whatever genre your eye is always moving Mm -hmm. your eye never stops moving in a bad painting your eye dies Mm. because the painting kills it right in a good book, it keeps moving. In a good movie, it keeps moving. In a good piece of music, it keeps moving. So that's the goal. And then, like a good joke, mm-hmm. it comes around. What kind of a book tour are you doing? I mean, obviously you're doing this podcast, so I mean, that's all you I'm really doing, need to do. I'm doing that's yeah, it. No, pretty much it. Yeah, no, this is it. Okay, is great. It. That's all you need. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. I'm not actually even going to release the book. It's a one copy. That's all. That's well, I appreciate that. And I yeah, appreciate yeah. that you let yeah. me read it before you shut the yeah. whole thing down. That was nice of you. I liked it. I really, really liked it. Well, it's very interesting. I've obviously never written a book before, so I've never done a junket like this, which goes on for ever months. Months. Yes. Are you... Um, tired? Tired. Well, obviously, tired. Be, of course. That just goes without <laughs> saying that's a badge of honor now. That's a status yeah, yeah. symbol. I'm so bad. I was just tired. <laughs> but like, do you find it difficult to, because a memoir is so different from any other thing. It's really personal, even though like the stories are fun and rollicking, but you also reveal things about yourself. Is it, yeah. is it, are you kind of girding your loins a little bit, you know, kind of trying to anticipate how people are going to talk to you about this thing and that thing? Like, I, yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, but I've, you know, I've done press for so many decades now right. that it, it, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. I mean, obviously, look, in this day and age, you can say one thing mm-hmm. that you know is ironic. Oh, yeah. That you know is just, you're just making a joke. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, <laughs> uh, you're a pariah. Well, a joke looks really different in headline form. Like spoken out loud is there's tone, there's nuance, and then someone types it out and suddenly it's horrific. So I I know that it's also, it's something that you have to do because you want people to read your your book. I'm reading this this book now about Clive Davis, Mm -hmm. whom I'm about to go play in this movie about Whitney Houston. And it's really interesting because he worked with so many, I mean, just some of the greatest musicians in the world, Bob Mm -hmm. Dylan. Janis Joplin, 
Simon and Garfunkel. And it's really interesting because he, you know, they were artists and he refers to them as artists. And yet he'll say to them, look, you need a single on this album. Mm -hmm. And there's an argument and there's this and it could go on for a little while. And then they go, yeah, all right. All right. right. All right. All right. Go ahead. Uh, We'll do it. Because they want it out there. Yeah. They want it to be seen. Yes, they have a following. They'll always have a following. But they want more of a following. Yeah. It's just part of who you are as a performer. Right. And it just really, in the end, it's really about how greedy are you? <laughs> well, how much do you want people to see your the stuff you want them to see? And so you'll yeah. kind of dangle the thing that everyone yeah. can how talk many about. Followers, how many followers do you need? Right. Do you want? Mm-hmm. How much money do you want and do right. you need? Right. It's all the same. Right. Gee, a really terrible person, and I'm not going to tell you who, gave me one piece of great advice, which is like, when you reach your goal, whatever it is, like set your goal, set your intention. Mm-hmm. And when you reach that goal, retire immediately. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't push it. Whether your goal is financial, spiritual, whatever it is, like set yeah. that bar and then walk away because you did Oof. it because you did the thing and you don't need any more. Like, don't keep moving your window of what you need. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can understand where it comes from Mm -hmm. but that's just a fear-based decision yes and of course it it is but i think of it often i do think about it not that i'm have you reached have you no no i have not no no will you ever well not until there's a blimp with my name on it wait did i reveal what i wanted just a blimp (laughs) flying over new york city anywhere (laughs) anywhere i don't care Okay, you said that you will never arrive at someone's house without a gift for them. Do you have a go-to? That's a lot of thinking. No. You don't? No, just a bottle of wine. Just a bottle. Oh, okay. I was like, what are you? Yeah, no, I didn't. I did, oh, sorry, I didn't. Did I say gift? Oh, I shouldn't have, maybe. But no, um, no, just a bottle of wine. Okay. Something. A something. Flowers. A something. something. Yeah. I would have um, sent you... Wow. I used to have, okay, I had honeybees, and so I wanted to send you some honey, and all my all my honeybees got killed by pesticide. Someone applied pesticide in- Where? In, um, in uh, my backyard, like one of my neighbors, I guess, sprayed for something, and I had all these beautiful Italian honeybees, and they were like right at the end, like 25- Wait, you're talking about, wait, in New York? No, I have a place out in the country. So pretty up there. But we had honeybees, and then our neighbors put pesticide, like sprayed for ticks or something. Fuck. And they all died, and then robbers came, like robber insects, and came and took it all. But I would have loved to have sent you some. Oh, my God. Oh, poo. Anyway, that would have been my go-to house gift. Yeah, that's a lovely gift. If uh, So imagine the gift. Now you have to imagine. (laughs) It was great. No, now I I have it. It was great. I have it. It's for you. I can taste it. This is a great pleasure. I hope that we get to talk again. No, no, I really want to talk again. And maybe even if I ever come back to New York. If you ever come back to New York. Ever, or if you come here, you guys are going to just come over. Oh, oh my okay? God, I would love that so much. I think I think you're amazing. Well, and, you know, I just think you're great. And I love watching you. And I'm so happy to see the trajectory of your thank you so much. career and success. I just think you're fantastic. I think you're fantastic. And I got I have to tell you that just reading this book kind of, it was, uh, I don't know, it confirmed everything I, I wanted to know about you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> no, you know, I know, like I know. when you're like, yeah, Oh, yeah. let's like, I hope this is great. And it was like everything that I really wanted and everything I thought, like it kind of like my imagined oh, version of good. Stanley Tucci was like, <laughs> was rendered real. And so I just found it just so enjoyable and talking to you has been oh, great. And thank you. Great luck on Thanks. your, on your book tour. I mean, I guess Thanks. it's canceled because we already did the tour. Yeah, this is it. it. Yeah, this is it. But yeah. Um, yeah, but it's been fun. Safe travels, all yeah, of that, thanks. and right. thank you. Let's take a quick break here.
Oh my God. He's great. He's super he delightful. He delivers on the Stanley Tucci promise. <laughs> to be delightful. To be delightful. <laughs> Always. Yes. All right. Well, it's no secret that you love talking with people who love food and cooking as much as you do. Stanley yep. Tucci is definitely one of those. Yep. And you have a very developed palate. But we have some avant-garde food pairings that we're curious about your thoughts on. Okay. And these are real combinations that people on the internet have endorsed. Endorsed. These are endorsed. all endorsed by internet <laughs> experts. Yes. Okay. Okay. All this right. One, Hit me. First one is a classic no-no, but okay. would mm-hmm. you pair fish and cheese? Would I pair fish and cheese? Well, I have personal experience with pairing fish with cheese. And you live to tell the tale. And I found it just incredibly delicious. So the answer (laughs) is yes. And I think that's controversial. But I actually have worked in so many restaurants over the years. And there was a shrimp dish at this restaurant that I worked at that was like a hideous, awful, it was a very awful restaurant, except that they had this shrimp pasta and they would put grated Parmesan on it. And it actually was necessary. It was vital to the dish and it was incredible. (laughs) And I've never had it prepared that way ever since. It was what I ordered that was like my work meal. So the answer is yes, although I really just don't come across it much and I probably wouldn't do it myself. Why is it considered like a classic no-go or controversial? I've never heard that before. don't, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. I just know from like the Food Network that it is, but I've never (laughs) thought to ask why. Well, I guess you're saying (laughs) shrimp, but I... You're saying shrimp. I guess it. I mean, I that was, did you hear thunder? Yeah, I just saw lightning. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's from my mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's raining in Brooklyn. God, God's angry that we're God trying is to angry pair these two. We're pairing. I did say maybe, maybe crustaceans, maybe shellfish is actually in a different category entirely. So you mm. did say fish, and I went to shrimp, but shrimp are not fish. So, in answer to your question, never put cheese on fish. That's disgusting. <laughs> That really came full circle. But there's so many gratins of like of of shellfish and and Uh-oh. there's cheese in them. Anyway, don't get me started on gratin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. This next one is yeah. very strange, but maybe it's good. Uh, okay. Vanilla ice cream and soy sauce. Oh, I don't want to eat that right now. <laughs> but sure. I bet it tastes good together. I could see that. It's just oh, too yeah. kind of like mellow. That feels to me like an umami type of experience where you're like vinegar and balsamic and strawberries. Right. It's delicious. Like, and you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes All right, great. Well, well, I'll go try that. Okay. Uh, what about, and this is one that I've done mm-hmm. and I'm now a big fan, pizza and honey. Hmm. Oh, for sure. That would be delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. That, that would be really delicious. Easy. Right, easy, done. easy. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to try that. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. I don't yeah. need that much pizza though. Uh, pickles and peanut butter. Two gross things that don't <laughs> go together. I bet it's good if you like both of those things, but I, I like... I would say two great things, but still that they don't go together. You don't like peanut butter? Peanut butter's fine. I don't yeah. I don't go through life going like, give me more peanut butter. Let me stick my face <laughs> together. Well, you're not a Let dog, me... but I mean, it's good. <laughs> Let me get some... It's how like... we get Sam to take her pills. <laughs> it's like fixident. It's like... It's like nutty fixident that just right. glues your. You really wow! Forget it. No <laughs> peanut butter sponsors either. Now. Oh god damn it! Yeah, bye, Jeff. This is. Goodbye, <laughs> Jeff. This episode was brought to you by Bourbon and Jeff and Skippy. Oh no! <laughs> Skippy's I, furious. You know what? What am I? I'm so punchy today. I do like <laughs> peanut butter. I just don't. I don't like sit around and go give me a peanut yeah. butter sandwich. It's not something that I'm like. Oh yes, and same with. <laughs> And pickles, I'm like, when I would like a pickle, I love a pickle, but I would never put, I would never be eating those two things generally at the same time. So I guess in theory. I think that's totally fair. No, we're okay with that. It could work. I don't see, I don't see why it wouldn't work, but my God, you're. Your breath, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that would be a rocking situation. (laughs) This is terrible. Okay. Last combination, Cheetos and Mm. broccoli. Cheetos and broccoli. What is the preparation for this? <laughs> the internet example uh, was like kind of a saute with some crumbled Cheetos on top. Yikes. I don't think that 
I bet it is good. Uh, if you like to, if you need to disguise your broccoli, I bet it's better than if it's the thing that gets you to eat broccoli. That's great. So I endorse. I don't want to eat that. It might be that. the thing that gets you to eat Cheetos. Actually, Cheetos are delicious. Cheetos are <laughs> truly delicious, and I never ever eat them because why would I enjoy something? You know, why would I treat myself to something I actually really love? But I feel, always feel bad after I eat Cheetos. There goes Cheetos. Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I don't really eat them, so I can, I could see that it would work. I don't, I'm not offended by this combination, except that I don't, I don't want to eat Cheetos for dinner. Like, I feel like you just canceled out your broccoli. And that is how I see the world in just <laughs> zero sum game, zero sum game. Everything's a scorecard and you just fucked your dinner over. Okay. You just All fucked right. yourself. Okay. That was great. Sorry. <laughs> you can cancel the, you can that part out. No, never. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so tired today, but in a good way, like oh, okay. fun, weary. I'm You're weary. Opera drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk on the opera. So Cheetos and broccoli. Yes, I don't. Would I do it myself? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Cheetos are separate from broccoli. Cheetos and broccoli are separate. I didn't even ask about Flaming Hot Cheetos. Those are separate. That's for another podcast. That's for another. That's a whole other. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose my coveted Flaming Hot Cheetos <laughs> endorsement. They're all we have left, honestly. <laughs> so I shall speak no further. Okay. Well, I hope you liked my podcast. If you did, let me know in the comments. If you didn't, please consider hate listening in the future. Seriously, though, please rate, review, and follow full release and Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Spread the word. Why not? In the meantime, keep sending us your comments and questions to full release at sandby.com. They might even be featured in one of our special bonus episodes exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. Don't forget to tune into Full Frontal with Samantha B. Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. on TBS, and we'll see you next Tuesday for another full release. This podcast is brought to you by Earwolf and TBS and was produced by Adam Howard and Sophia Baron-Weinstein. IT and technical production provided by High Tech. It was edited by the lovely Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. First of all, I made dip this morning. In addition to, I did all kinds of stuff. And then I, anyways, I made delicious dip for lunch. I just pre-made it so that I would have access to it immediately. And then I looked down, I looked at myself in the mirror and you can't see it, but it's all down my side. I have dip all over myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're just. You're dipped and dipped.